1: And it's the Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. You can visit online at adage.com, the Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production. And tonight, and today rather, we have a very special guest here. It's uh, Pat Fallon. Uh, Well, you might have heard of Fallon. Well, if you haven't, you'll need to stay tuned, okay? Uh, Also, a brand new book that Pat has out with his uh, uh, co-author Fred Sen. It's called Juicing the Orange, How to Turn Creativity into a Powerful Business Advantage. So we've got Pat on the show uh, for uh, three segments uh, here in just a few moments on The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsythe. The Advertising Show, a big radio midget production, also has Patrick Meyer with us tonight. He's doing the uh, Marketing Insider and he's talking about fast marketing tonight. I guess that's what what is called is spending your client's ad budget as quickly as possible. No, I don't think <laughs> so. Uh, and we also have Jeffrey Gittimer leaving a tip.
2: How how are you on leaving tips, Brad? 20% uh, usually uh, 15 if you're, you know, a terrible waiter, but uh, you you know, having been a waiter before. Yeah. If you come out of that uh, field and back in college I was one. I, 20%, you know, just put a smile on your face and give me the food.
1: Okay, I'm see I'm going over twenty percent here, and I get some really great seats at restaurants and a lot of great food also <laughs> well, well, there. Yeah, seriously, it's wonderful. So yeah, anyway, but uh, anyway, that's what uh, Jeffrey Ginnemar is going to be talking about. I, I don't think Jeffrey was ever a waiter, but you never know <laughs> about him. Basically, hey, we talked a couple of uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago about. Uh, Uh, classical orchestras, uh, the the symphonies and the operas and such like that, that are having troubles these days affecting and attracting uh, audiences that uh, are other than a certain color of hair, blue. To their, uh, to their stages and to their seats. And uh, the Metropolitan Opera is one of those folks. Thirty For 30 years now, the Metropolitan has wrinkled its elegant nose at advertising campaigns, uh, preferring uh, discreet sales tactics like direct mail and phone solicitations. How much would you like to give? But uh, this coming week, it's entering a mass marketing fray with ads in the most conventional places. Telephone kiosks, lampposts, subway entrances, and the sides of city buses what a great idea! And, and it's about time that somebody did something. Met is spending about half a million bucks on a campaign that'll blanket the uh, street-level New York images from uh, ba- Madame Butterfly, the season opener on the 25th of September. Hmm. So, good idea, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and this is this is the thing that lives in a lot of symphony orchestras around the country, and we know. Uh, Instead of placing ads in the publications that reach the opera-friendly audience, duh, the Met is using the transit campaign to reach a wide swath of commuters and pedestrians. I mean, come on. Most people would say, ah, Metam Butterfly? That might be fun. I bet my wife or my girlfriend would like something like that. So I I think it's very smart. And the fact that they're spending a half million bucks in New York, that'll probably get them a couple of buses and a billboard,
2: okay? something. So we can put you down for two tickets. Uh, No,
1: thanks. No? No, no, I'm fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for that.
2: You know, Ray, uh, how long ago we had uh, George Lois, uh, legendary G- George Lois, on the show. We've had him on a couple times, as I recall. Yeah, he's got
1: this uh, funny accent. I don't know where it's from.
2: Yeah, He's he's quite a character. Oh, and if yeah. you uh, wanted, want to find out more about George, just uh, go to our archives at theadvertisingshow.com. And either one of those two shows that we uh, had George on, uh, it was a great interview. And uh, he's a, he's quite a, uh, a lively guy. Apparently, American Business Media announced uh, that George Lois, uh, Ray, just earlier this week, Will be the first individual inducted into the newly created CEBA Hall of Fame. CEBA. Yeah, CEBA. Lois apparently, uh, you know, uh, has been alerted to this for a while. I've got a call in to call into George, and he and I are going to. Uh, see if we can't clean up his uh, his uh, use of the four letter word when he makes his that acceptance speech. Brad,
1: well, happen. that's true, that's
2: Lois. Uh, you know, of course, for those that may not know, long-time marketing communications expert where created ads for MTV, of course, Xerox, uh, the old uh, Volkswagen uh, uh, ads, and uh, right, you know, right. from Doyle Dane Bernbach day, and uh, and when he talks about uh, uh, Bernbach, he's not talking about the name on the door; he's talking about Mister Bernbach. Guy, so, right, exactly. Yeah. That's quite, cool. a, quite a guy yeah congratulations to george
1: oh well deserved and uh let's see if we can get him back on the show that'll be great that's fantastic pat fallon is uh, our special guest uh, pat is has a brand new book it's called juicing the orange how to turn creativity into a powerful business advantage it's got a very creative cover as well it looks like an orange peel wow, that was smart that was a good idea and uh, pat is out of minneapolis and we've got him on the show here at the advertising show so what else do you have there
2: well, you know, uh, we talk about radio on the radio. Radio formats adults are maintaining, uh, that are targeting adults are maintaining and or gaining audience share. No surprise here, while younger skewing formats are showing declines, according to CATS Media Group that uh, conducted analysis of uh, Arbitron data. Here's what's interesting, Ray. The biggest audience gains were among urban and Spanish language stations, while, of course, country remained the format leader. Uh, by a two-to-one margin. But AOR, well, you and I know that means album-oriented, yeah, well. album-oriented rock, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or what's uh, also AOR, called yeah. alternative modern rock, which right. uh, target young men, saw the biggest declines. Katz uh, analyzed uh, over 4,000 radio stations, nearly 54 mass, 296 Arbitron markets to produce the study. But, you know, the young people, no surprise here, uh, they're, they're listening to iPods and uh, various other uh, alternative forms of traditional media and it's interesting that you're beginning to see audience erosion in the in the uh, traditional radio market uh, exactly. especially with regard to the younger demos there so i'm
1: not at all surprised about i'm kind of surprised about the country uh, formats but uh because country has become so watered down and so commercial well i don't want to say commercialized but it's kind of crossed the line <laughs> Well,
2: go ahead say that okay
1: and it's yeah. a little bit different but i'm not at all surprised about the uh, spanish language and the urban formats as well that's a big yeah. deal radio stations that don't deal with that kind of stuff are uh, kind of closing their eyes and saying oh they're not here Hey, we've got to take a breakout uh, for Patrick Meyer. It's all about fast marketing, and it's right now here on The Advertising Show. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer.
3: So many people ask me about Crispin Porter and why are they so hot. I'm going to share with you a simple idea of how they think, and it may inspire you as you go forward with your clients or with your brands. About 12 months ago, we were involved in reconnecting the Volkswagen brand to their core consumers strategically. Out of that came a platform called VW German Engineering. Crispin Porter took that, including an insight about the consumer's desire to drive, to experience, and have an adrenaline rush. Out of that came an idea called Fast, a small, cute but cool creature called Fast that embodied that essence of the adrenaline rush. As they built that with a toy designer, they took the Fast creature and moved it laterally all across their business. Everything from the showroom, being inside of cars, to direct marketing, to event marketing, to online, all about this creature and the fun that's involved with driving a VW. This whole campaign around Fast and the launch of the GTI received awards at the Cannes Festival recently. But more importantly, it drove traffic directly into the dealership. and started a turnaround of the Volkswagen brand. So here's what you might want to think about. Number one, do you have a core marketing idea? An idea much like the adrenaline rush, the fast insight. Number two, do you have a creative idea that embodies that? The idea of creating this vast character and bring it to life. Number three, do you think laterally? Can you take an idea and move it from one end to the other? Example being a toy designer all the way over to direct, event, PR, online, etc. So as you go forward, think about those three steps. And do you have a simple idea built on an insight that can drive your business going forward? You've been listening to The Marketing Insider. Heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now.
1: Patrick Meyer and uh, Pat Fallon is about to join us here on The Advertising Show, Juicing the Orange, How to Turn Creativity into a Powerful Business Advantage. And we'll have Pat for a few segments here tonight on The Advertising Show. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsythe, glad to have you with us. Theadvertisingshow.com, powered by a really cool company based in our home market of Houston. It's shipple.com. It's a a web marketing company that has a great thing called Tendency. Check it out at Shippel.com.
0: Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillings and Brad Forsyth.
4: BJ Thomas.
0: There's a whole new way of living. Pepsi helps survive
1: It's the Advertising Show. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and our special guest is Pat Fallon out of uh, Minneapolis. Pat uh, founded Fallon in 1981 with the uh, single-minded desire to stand for excellence. The people he hired and the partnerships forged there and the work they produced and in the results achieved. What a great mission statement. He spends time today nurturing the company's culture, uh, managing and evolving the global vision across its four continents, and working on clients' businesses from the uh, front lines. Pat's deep knowledge of branding... Combined with strong strategic approach to marketing problems and his relentless need to achieve, we've got a book now here, uh, Juicing the Orange. It's a brand new book. Uh, We actually had a pre-release copy of uh, Pat Fallon's Juicing the Orange, uh, How to Turn Creativity into a Powerful Business Advantage. And, Pat, it is so great.
2: We, We finally got you here on the advertising show. Good to have you here.
4: Well, thank you. I'm glad to be with you guys.
2: Yeah, and both Ray and I uh, highly recommend the book. Uh, You don't have to be an ad agency practitioner or or working within the uh, advertising and marketing arena. We're going to talk more about how Creativity is, is is more than just uh, unique to our business. We highly recommend juicing the orange, and uh, and we'll talk more about juicingtheorange.com. Great website, check it out. And of course, Fallon.com, a great place to uh, to see what Pat's uh, company is all about. Most most of our listeners, of course, know about Fallon worldwide. Describe, if you awesome. would, Pat, uh, the central hypothesis of your book, Juicing the Orange, if you would, please.
4: Well, we. We believe that um, creativity can be an economic multiplier, but it it needs to have strategy behind it, and we believe that you know creativity that doesn't achieve business objectives is not what we you know is not what we consider creative. So we've kind of built an agency and a book around the thought of creative leverage, and and that is just simply that um, probably in most cases the size of the idea is. Every bit, if not more important, than the size of the budget, and we believe creativity can be a real difference maker in a company 's bottom line
2: you know uh, a lot of a lot of advertising, maybe not so much today, but it seems that not in so Uh, distant past, uh, it seemed to me that some ads uh, tried to make up for mediocre creative with a a large media budget. Do you think that's uh, still uh, doable today, or or does it require a certain level of creative execution, regardless of what your budget is?
4: Well, you know, it it, it does, but surprisingly, clients still try to just beat their way into the consumer's consciousness with media leverage, or And, you know, with just poundage, being everywhere, and it seems to us that that's not a very good way to do business, and, you know, there are alternative ways, and we believe, again, that the kind of um, emphasis on creativity and the size of the idea is how to get out of that mess.
2: Well, you know, uh, I'm curious. You, you've been doing uh, this for a while, uh, the advertising world, and certainly you've had your company around for a while as well. What made you decide to write a book to, uh, you know, more recently on advertising after all these years, Pat?
4: Well, it's our 25th anniversary, and we were reviewing um, some of the um, entries to the Effie Awards that we've done over the years. We've, each year we've published a book for our employees of our Effie entries, not not just the winners but the entries. And we realized in going through that that there are some common denominators on the success of our campaigns. And we thought that you know maybe now is a good time to at least uh, leave a legacy of what has worked for us up to this point, both to our people and to a wider industry than advertising. And, And that's really why we haven't used buzzwords or we've tried to be very accessible in the book because creativity applies across the board in every industry at every level.
2: And we're going to talk uh, next segment about some examples of of how maybe companies outside of the realm of – Advertising and marketing can uh, tap those uh, those creative ideas and apply them to non-advertising and marketing uh, concepts and so forth. But but before that, uh, and we'll hold that till next segment. Fallon is a part of the publicist group after going through uh, several different ownerships over the years. Uh, you, you talk about in your book uh, about how Fallon likes to think of itself as being emotionally independent versus financially. Independent, but describe the corporate attitude that you're just, that you're mentioning there Pat
4: Well, we sold our business about six years ago, and we had sold it one time before, and the time before we felt like um, you know through changes in WPP came into our life, and then we didn 't feel like we shared the same values and visions with the, with the management of WPP, so we bought ourselves back. We sold ourselves again. And the thing is that we're not capable of working for people. If we thought that, we'd have jobs. And we, we really don't have jobs. We have careers, we have passions, we have a belief system. And so I've been able to convince myself that we haven't sold. And that, you know, and that, that we still have the, the uh, entrepreneurial um, intensity that says we've got to make payroll. Mm -hmm. Every two weeks. And, you know, that is kind of what fuels us. We're a challenger brand. We're underdogs. And if we felt fat and safe and, you know, uh, comfortable, we wouldn't be Fallon. We want to continue to be Fallon.
1: Imagine Fallon calling itself a challenger brand and an underdog. That is an incredible statement of humility. Uh, Way to go, Pat.
4: Well, we really, honestly, we approach each new business pitch that way. It's kind of, and in many ways we are, even though we've grown beyond what we could have imagined 25 years ago, we're still not very big in the world of advertising Mm -hmm. and we still don't have all the resources uh, behind us that some people do. And and so we we really take an aggressive, um, do the impossible uh, kind of attack on every piece of new business and then our current clients as well. We, We just are relentless in trying to achieve.
2: Well, you know, if you're one of the major holding companies, a handful of holding companies that own uh, the vast majority of uh, major agencies, uh, both here domestically as well as as around the world, you would want somebody, I think, with an attitude, as you described, Pat, because, I mean, my goodness, if you're still running your company uh, as if it were your own, uh, you know, that says a lot for for the shareholders and stakeholders of the the public company that – that uh, looks after you, along with uh, many other companies out there. You know, uh, you, you mentioned about uh, uh, being involved in pitches and so forth. Why, why did you guys decide not to participate in the BMW account review?
4: Well, that is, um, you know, that's a that's a question we've been asked a lot. And the simplest way to, to to put it is this: we we served BMW for ten years, and during those ten years, there was quarter after quarter after quarter of gains. We didn't have a single flat quarter. We didn't have a single period of time during that 10-year period where we didn't exceed the objectives given to us. And so when there was new management um, came into BMW and they decided to have an agency review. And when they told me that, um, I asked them for the business reason to have that agency review. And of course they didn't really have a business <laughs> right. and um, and you know and I asked it a number of different ways well what is the itch that's making you do this what is a circumstance that we need to address um, that, so that we can perform better for you and there was no answer and you know in the end we believed that we didn't have a chance in this review even though it was put to us that um, you know that, that we would not only have a chance but they wanted us to win And if there had been a a, a decline in business, if there had been a circumstance where we weren't servicing them well, that we'd become complacent or something, we we certainly would have repitched it. But under the circumstances, there was no real reason, no business reason, nothing that I could, performance on our part could change. They simply wanted the new management, wanted a new agency.
1: How long have we been speculating on that, Brad? Uh, now well, we've we got the answer from the source. How about that? Yeah, yeah we've so talked about that here the on the show. And...
4: The, yeah, at the end of the day, I had the choice between going into a four-month death, death march that I couldn't win or sitting on the sidelines and saying, thanks for a glorious ten years, uh, We're in the middle of the most successful new product introduction in the history of BMW in America. Um, And maybe that was a good time to say, you know, uh, goodbye in a very professional way. And that's what we did. When we ended, after 10 years, we sold more cars in the state of New York than BMW did in the entire United States 10 years ago. So it's a glorious case history for us. And I just thought that our dignity was more important than... And trying to save that against, against those kind of odds.
1: That's Pat Fallon. This is Ray Shillings along with Brad Forsyth here on The Advertising Show. We have more with Pat out of Minneapolis in uh, just a moment. Stay with us.
0: Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show.
5: Meet Mr. Clean, Procter & Gamble's new all-purpose liquid cleaner. Mr. Clean gets rid of dirt and grime and grease in just a
0: minute. Mr. Clean Advertising
1: Clean- show, Ray Shullins, Brad Forsyth. We've been trying to get this guy for a little while here and we got him nailed down. I think Minneapolis tonight is a uh, fogged in. Something like that. Pat Fallon with Ray Shullins and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. We're talking about uh, among other things the brand new book by Pat uh, called Juicing the Orange, How to Turn Creativity into a Powerful Business Advantage. And Pat, welcome back to the Advertising Show. Thank you.
2: Yeah, and, you know, just to, uh, as promised, we're going to talk about the book, but just to wrap up your comments about uh, the BMW account, you know, it's no surprise to anyone that's been in the business. You, you get some CMO management change, and the new guy comes in, or, or lady, and they want to hire their own agency, or they think they, they want to, and whether you're performing well or not, it, it is a position of, uh of uh, well, it creates a bit of a, a strain on an agency, especially one uh, that's doing a great job, as you described, Pat, and uh, I think that the point here that I... I'd like to make is, I had I, I'm we made comments uh, frequently here on the show when we read about how your decision was to to bow out of the review, and we have nothing but the most respect for that attitude because we know the troops that uh, hang back, the staff that uh, remains a part of your company, which really is your inventory, uh, has pride in what they do, and they look to the to the leader and the pride in what he uh shows his staff and, and his belief in what he's provided his uh, client over the years and I think uh a lot can be said for for that attitude and you don't really see that much uh, nowadays especially when uh Wall Street is requiring uh, performance among publicly owned companies and sometimes uh uh you know the way it really should be as opposed to turning a uh, turning a blind eye and doing what you have to do is not uh, not always the case nowadays let's jump back into the book you know you talk about uh how creative leverage uh, a.k.a. juicing the orange, started it as a reaction to media leverage, and you mentioned that last segment. Uh, in your book, you list seven principles of creative leverage, Pat. Let's talk about a few of maybe your more more favorite uh, principles. Let's start with uh, one, one of my favorites that I thought was a very uh, interesting point, and that is always start from scratch.
4: Well, we, we believe very strongly in that because, most of the circumstances, if not all the circumstances we get involved in, um, business as usual isn't the answer and for for us we found that really bright clients that have all sorts of data in front of them often are so paralyzed by the conventions of the category that they can't see opportunity within their own data and for us there's a term there's a consultant named uh... edie wiener that uses the term uh, educated incapacity Mm. where where you just simply know too much Mm. and you become part of the rules of the category and part of the convention without knowing it Mm. and for us we want to shed all that stuff and we wanna you know take the handcuffs off and we want to step back and truly take a fresh look at what's possible And um, that is i think a very critical Way to begin developing a winning strategy,
2: and you know you mentioned being uh, being being too close to it. In effect, put us put a simple way. I think that's a lot of the reason why we see some very off-target, fuzzy uh, advertising among some very prominent advertisers from time to time because they they just lack objectivity and they they don't really. Uh, uh, they really can't see uh, breaking out of the box don't you think that you're,
4: you're really you're absolutely correct and it has nothing to do with intelligence uh, uh, it has nothing to do with not wanting to do do the right thing it has to do with being stuck and we've all had that happen to us in our career and and the only way I know to make sure that that doesn't happen is just step a long ways back I don't mean a baby step get mm-hmm. all the way back discard the rules Discard what you think you know and start from scratch.
2: You know, one of your other uh, uh, seven principles of creative leverage that you cite in your book uh, is seek out strategic risk. And I would think, uh, and you've been successful at this, that it takes a certain kind of client. uh, As much as an agency might seek out strategic risk, it takes a certain kind of client and a mindset of a client that's willing to apply those strategic risks that uh, an agency might uh, have sought out.
4: No, it does. And that's why we're very diligent in how we screen clients and because we need an advocate we need an advocate with a backbone and with influence and if we don't have that we become just like any other agency and and we're trying very hard not to do that
2: you know, one of your other principles, and we're not going to give them all away here because you have no reason to buy the book. But, right. Uh, right. but uh, listen hard to your customers, and then listen some more. Of course, uh, and uh, an, an obvious thought that is so overlooked uh, today. Do you? Does your company? You know, there's so much talked about the new and innovative ways to get into the mind of the consumer today, and some of the old. Uh, well-worn uh, uh, research methods are are just that uh, well-worn and not as effective. And many are waking up to some of those tired uh, idea, thoughts and ideas about how to get into the head of the the consumer. That once were fully accepted. What do, what are you guys doing differently today from a from a research standpoint that maybe you weren't doing 10 years ago?
4: Well, you know, some of it is just you know, based on experience and wisdom over time. But we think there's just as much creativity involved in research as there is in any other of the disciplines that we work with. And, and for us, um, getting to know our customer and getting to know them, you know, we, we can probably never know our clients' businesses as well as they do. We try, and we can know it very, very well, but probably not as well as they do. But we can be charged with knowing their customer and the consumer deeply deep insights into the customer how they interrelate how they relate to the category how they relate to the specific product how they live and so forth so a lot of the things we do are kind of ethnographic research actually going out and living with these people spending time with them and um, and you know we I, I can tell you that the 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 client that knows their customer the best is
1: going to win. We have Pat Fallon, our special guest here on The Advertising Show, along with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. One more segment with Pat, and we hope you'll stay with us here on theadvertisingshow.com.
0: Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show.
4: Rage here! Rage! 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 Yes, Rage. New bug killer discovery
1: from Johnson's Wax. Seems like you ought to just go ahead and put the bug killer in the floor wax and be done with it, but that's the way it goes. Advertising show, Ray and Brad Forsythe the Classic Spot. And our special guest is uh, Pat Fallon, CEO of Fallon Worldwide and author of Juicing the Orange, How to Turn Creativity into a Powerful Business Advantage out of uh, Minneapolis this weekend. Pat, it's great to have you on the advertising show.
4: Thank you. It's, it's fun being with you guys.
2: Well, we're honored to have you, uh, Pat. You know, staying with the uh, uh, research uh, idea for a second, but just taking it from a different a different angle, you, you described the role of a cultural player in your agency, uh, and, and in particular with regard to the Lee Jeans account. And, and you discussed how uh, Fallon's work with Lee Jeans, and, and, and in particular how you went out, uh, to revive a mature consumer brand, and there was a really interesting twist that just really floored me when I when I read that about uh, something that uh, one of your staff members took upon themselves and and it just it just blew me away. Share that story if you would, Pat.
4: Well, yeah, you know, we, we we've had a lot of these kind of stories. I think this particular one you're um, referring to is where uh, we came up with a strategy that they saw was risky and and pretty much said. Uh, you know, we can't do that. And we said, you know, it's, it it isn't risky. Your consumers will respond. In fact, um, you know, taking a safer way is the biggest risk of all because nothing will happen. Mm-hmm. And so our uh, account supervisor on the spot offered to underwrite the research out of our pocket, uh, the consumer research, which was not nothing. And, um, you know, in order to convince the client, that's how... That's the kind of passion and conviction we felt about that idea, and that idea's ability to move that brand ahead. But he just so, independently made that decision.
2: Yeah, and so, so uh, so the, so the uh, staff member decides to go ahead and fund the research, and uh, and of course the the story goes on from there. And it's a there's also great uh, samples of of ads and campaigns that were created throughout the years from uh, Fallon on behalf of your clients. So it's not just a it's just not uh, a history of Pat and, and your partner's uh, background with your company is also some great uh, how to information in there. I, you know, and, and another interesting uh, aspect of your book, Pat, is that you're not only willing to talk about your successes, which you would expect any advertising uh, successful practitioner to, to do but you're willing to talk about some of the failures as well and some of the uh, ideas that there're some of the lessons that were learned from those failures why do you think uh, so many agencies today are so afraid or shy away from talking about their failures
4: you know i i'm not sure but you know we were discouraged from doing that too and it just we we just kind of ignored that advice because for us you know we feel like Failure is part of our learning process and we're not gonna, you know, we swing for the fences and sometimes we strike out. It's not from lack of effort. It's not from lack of, of rigor. Sometimes we just simply aren't up to it on that given day. And, but we always learn from that. And, and many of our, many of our failures as our successes are very public. So for us to think that, you know, it it would become as some come with some big shock that we failed on a Miller Lite, is ludicrous. We're happy to um, give the learning to people of that failure because uh, we're not embarrassed by the failure. We don't like it. We don't want to have it happen very often, but it happened under the right context, with the right um, intentions and, you know, that's not anything to be embarrassed about.
2: You know, and if you have the right uh, agency client relationship, you can, uh, as a partnership, I want to uh, make that point as a partnership and not as a vendor, so to speak. If you have that kind of relationship, you can have some stumbles along the way, some failures, and you regroup and you, you move forward. And uh, those are the great kind of relationships that really uh, that pay off uh, dividends for the client as well as the agency. You know, in all the press, Pat, that I've read lately, it seems uh, as though people are waiting for you to announce your retirement. <laughs> well, I think
4: they're going to have to wait a little bit. I'm not going to... Um <laughs> you know, stay forever, I've got a lot of interests, but um you know, I still have some heat, and I still uh learn and i still I love what I do and I love who I do it with and as long as that stays, and as long as I have the passion for it and I can be at least above average, i'm going to hang around'
1: I could yeah, and
2: reasons
4: I, not to retire that's for
2: sure. yeah. yeah I heard someone once say that uh, advertising is a young man's business. Uh, are you here to prove that
4: wrong? No, you know what it is, and I I wrestle with that all the time. But you know, when I when I'm on airplanes, you can't believe the looks I get because I I read everything from Vibe magazine and Rolling Stone to the National Enquirer to uh, you know opera publications. I have to have a wide, I have to have a incredibly wide variety of interests in order to be in the pop culture. And, <laughs>
1: Well, we uh, unfortunately, my goodness, we're out of time. It's, it's so great to have a guest like yourself on the uh, advertising show. Go get the book, and you can read that on the airplane, not you, Pat, because you're right. Juicing the Orange, How to Turn Creativity into a Powerful Business Advantage. It's uh, thanks to Pat Fallon, uh, CEO and Chairman of Fallon Worldwide. Thanks for being on the show.
0: You're listening to the Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth.
1: From San Francisco comes
0: rice, a the San Francisco treat, rice.
3: A-roni. The
1: flavor can well, if that a- came with refried beans, I'd be okay, okay? <laughs> but not just rice. Right I'm not a big rice fan. Uh, the advertising show, Ray Schillens, Brad Forsyth. Thanks again to our uh, guest, uh, this Pat Fallon, chairman of Fallon Worldwide. Larry uh, Gerbrand is our... Um, Guest next week, uh, and it'll be September the 10th already. Unbelievable! General manager and senior vice president of Nielsen Analytics. So the guy obviously is either a CPA or he did very good in algebra,
2: right? Well, he definitely knows his numbers. We're going to talk about podcasting, and they did a major research project on podcasting. And mm-hmm. since that's what we do here, and others that may be interested in that uh, that field, uh, I got I got to tell you, Ray. This uh, this guest next week uh, knows has got it forwards and backwards on what's going to be going on, yes, not only for time. the near term, for the, but for the long term. I'm so bring podcasting. your calculator
1: next week, okay? You'll have a or bring your
2: podcast, or, or your podcast. Or bring iPod. your podcast, that'll be fun, yeah. too. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, uh, Disney is calling something new. They're not calling it an infomercial. They're calling it a story-mercial. Have you heard mm-hmm. about this?
2: No, I think uh, I have.
1: yeah. Uh, Walt Disney Company's new uh, cellular offering, Disney Mobile, is uh, what, what is it designed to do, get into your kids' of uh, Pockets and uh, get them to, to to use and abuse it, basically. Yeah. Disney's producing a half-hour uh, television series about uh, the branded mobile service and the gadgets that are expected to debut... On ABC Family uh, this coming November, but it's not an infomercial. As we said, it's called a story commercial And what would you expect or anything less from the people at Disney? What they're suggesting is they really can't tell the story in a 30 or a 60. Well, I'm to, to disagree with that. I think you can. Maybe episodic, but you can tell the story. So well, in the meantime, look for uh, infomercials from, oh, no, excuse me, story-mercials from Disney coming this yeah. fall.
2: Well, their TV station. They, you know, they claim it's storytelling as opposed to infomercials, and there is something to be said for storytelling. I don't know what the execution is going to be. We'll have to wait and see. You do a hell of a Bob Dylan. Do give me a little Lady Lay. You want me to get the guitar too? Just give me your best version of Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. Thank Perfect. You. Thank you. Bob Dylan's weekly radio show on on XM Satellite Radio now, began. How in God's simul- name
1: can Bob Dylan have a radio show? Can Believe he it or not, like,
2: not only has he had this show on XM Radio, but it began simulcasting, Ray. On AOL Radio just this past August 30th, uh, in addition to the weekly simulcast, AOL Radio will also air XM's week-long marathon of all 18 theme time shows beginning on this, uh, beginning this Friday, mm-hmm. uh, September 1st, and uh, I should say this past Friday, September 1st. And what's interesting, not to be uh, outdone here, uh, they're going to uh, make the uh, uh, full CD listening party part of the AOL Music's promo Uh, bringing him into the fold here and accessible through AOL radio. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. No, I like Bob Dylan. Bob is cool. His son,
1: have you seen his son? Uh, Yeah. uh, He's incredibly talented. Looks just like him. Uh, well, kind of just like him. Here's uh, But let's take a minute for uh, for Jeffrey Gittimer on the advertising show. Here he's coming up right about now. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great
5: publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. You ever leave a tip? Sure you did. And most of the time you leave a tip, it's based on the service or the quality of the service that you perceive. Sometimes it's a combination of qualities, food plus server. Skycaps at airports work for tips. I know this and so I tip liberally as a result of it. They don't have a jar outside. They do the same excellent job whether they're tipped or not. They're working for the tip to try to earn it. The point here is that service has nothing to do with your company. Service has everything to do with the people who work for the company. You, people like you. So here's the 4.5 tips on how to earn a tip. The First thing you do is start with a smile. Smiles are contagious. The second thing you do is engage the other person in a friendly manner. Start with your name and stop when it comes to your canned pitch. The third thing to do is help others sincerely and without expectation. Your job is to serve. Do that with excellence and all will be well. The fourth thing to do is tell them how nice it was to serve them. Be sincere. That's no problem if you've been sincere all along. And 4.5, thank them, like your mother taught you to do. Sometimes the best tip you can give others isn't money. A small gift is sometimes better than a monetary gift because it comes from your heart. The best tip of all that you can give to others is a kind word of thanks or a compliment. They love hearing it from customers because they probably never hear it from their boss. Quick takes on sales and customer relations
1: from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say,
5: This is Jeffrey Gittimer. Reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks.
1: Gittimer is good. Glad to have him here on the advertising show. He's got a weekly uh, e-zine called uh, Sales Caffeine, and it's it's chock full of good stuff. Go to com. And it's, its not commercial. decaf. No. <laughs> With no. Jeffrey? No way. No, yeah. no way. You were going to tell me something here. What were you saying?
2: Well, uh, I think we were. uh, What were we talking about? We were talking about uh, Bob Dylan and so forth. Uh, Oh, uh, I know what it was. I saw an interview with uh, Bob Dylan a few years ago, and I don't know. It was an odd uh, uh, format that I saw, and it was like 60 Minutes or 2020 or something. But that guy's a very interesting fellow, and he even said that uh, he's impressed with the uh, lyrics and, and music that he wrote. Back when he was younger, and that he doesn't think he could do that today, and he doesn't really know where it came from. He, you know, all you got to do is uh, hmm. quit doing the drugs, and you'd figure out where they came from. No, not really. <laughs> but uh, no, he's he's right. quite a talent, and uh, you know, quite a poet, as they say.
1: Well, he is he is truly a poet, and he's you yeah. know out of the uh, out of the uh, what is the uh, the Carmichael guy? I'm trying to think who that guy's name was. Uh, it's not Hoagie Carmichael, or maybe it is. Who knows? <laughs> it could uh, be. But uh, anyway, a, a true poet, and you're absolutely right. We man, I'll tell you one thing tonight and today. I so man, yeah. man. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. We've got uh, Larry Gerbrandt on the show next week, General Manager, Senior VP at Nielsen Analytics, and we'll be talking about podcasting next week on the advertising show. By the way, if, if, you, if you go to the site, and we assume that you do because you're here right now, uh, check it out. Uh, do a little bit of navigating around the site. You'll find dozens and dozens of interviews, RSS, and podcast feeds as well, so uh, check it out and uh, tell your friends about it as well, too. Your 100,000 friends or something like that, right, Greg? Yeah. And uh, next week, uh, look for Larry. And again, thanks to uh, Pat Fallon along with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. The Advertising Show is brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online at
4: adage.com. So until next week, we'll see you. Have a great week.